0: Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it.
1: Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within.
2: Contact CPF Coaching, LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hey, security peeps. We are live again with another issue of breaking into cybersecurity. And today we are going back to our roots. We have, first and foremost, I am Renee Small. Cybersecurity super recruiter, helping wonderful cybersecurity professionals get into opportunities and helping leaders hire excellent cybersecurity talent. I'm going to introduce my co-host Chris Folon. Hey
3: everyone. everyone Chris.
2: And then we have a special guest today, Jenny Netu. Say hi to everyone, Jenny. Hey everybody. So the reason why I said we're going back to our roots is because Jenny is the original, one of the original types of. Uh, people we would have on the podcast. And we wanted to we're continuously looking for people who have recently broken into the field. Many of you who may not have seen the podcast prior to when we started going live. We used to interview tons of people just like Jenny. Jenny broke into the field three years ago. So our whole focus with breaking into security was to make sure that we were highlighting people who were new to the field, who were under five years in the field, and really trying to understand how you broke in Um and and tell and tell your story. So super excited to have Jenny here today. Jenny, we're going to jump right in and then and have you kind of share with us what made you even think of cybersecurity as a career. Yeah. Right.
1: Um so I kind of fell more into the security space uh accidentally but more i was more focused <laughs> on um i was more focused on just like it uh cloud and um the company that i initially got hired into as an it professional was a cloud security company so um by kind of n- no real want i guess of <laughs> focusing on security i kind of got stuck into it and i absolutely love it um i kind of got started because uh i was a receptionist and mailroom room uh, person contractor for a very large uh tech company cloud provider uh, mm-hmm. in the uh, dmv area And I was there for about a year and a half. um, And I worked around a lot of IT security people, um, engineers, developers, even, you know, marketer, marketing sales, all the different, you know, different types of people who work at large companies like that. And um, I just kind of saw their day to day and kind of looking at myself as late 20s, um, no college degree, no anything. um, I kind of wanted to get into a more of a career type thing. So Mm -hmm. I just kind of asked them a lot of questions of, you know, what do you do day to day? And what is kind of your uh, focus? What made you want to do this? And um and it turns out it's a perfect fit because i love puzzles and i love uh the intricate type of stuff that nobody really likes to do Mm. apparently so um just just kind of identifying what they do and kind of how they do it um getting some mentors and then just kind of going from there that's kind of where where i landed here
3: wow you you touch on all the things that we we've heard from other people as well as recommend with asking questions if you want to move into a role, um, finding mentors, and just going and finding a niche that you can excel in that other people don't want to do so that you can shine. Wow, you just hit on everything right there. Um, Were you able to transition from the role in the mailroom at that, that company directly to a role there, or did that help you Find a role somewhere else.
2: So
1: kind of, kind of. I was trying to, but uh-huh. um, I ended up taking the offer that I got from the company that I'm at currently. Um, I wanted to be more in a startup, like small, small business type you know, culture, and although we mm-hmm. have that kind of startup culture at the large company that I was contracting for, um, this other company just seemed more kind of family-esque, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started, I I was the 13th person who worked there, not hired in, but, um, and now we're a company of, um, I think, over 80, and then we've just recently been acquired as well, so now we're a company of thousands, I guess. So, um, it's, I did want to kind of go into that, uh, initial company, but when I, when I kind of talked a little bit more with the people that I interviewed with at the other company, um, it just, it seemed like it was a no brainer. It was a fit there really, really well. And I could actually grow a lot more at the smaller company and gave me a lot, a lot more opportunities to grow a lot more opportunities to, um, learn a lot of different things, whereas at the other company, I would be very kind of pigeonholed into one specific role. And um, yeah, it's just been, it's just been awesome so far.
2: So. That's amazing. So to what to, to what Chris said, I mean, you touched on everything. And what you said just now is something that I think people tend to ask that question a lot. You know, should I try to go with a big company? Should I go with a small company? Um And what you just said about being in a small company where you're able to kind of move around and get your hands dirty in a number of different things is something that um, I think, I I I just wanna highlight it that you said that because that makes such a good point. Like you were able to move around whereas if you were in a big, large company, you may not have been able to move around as much and as quickly. Yeah. How long did it,
1: go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I think that I learned more um, working at a smaller company because I had to wear so many hats kind of in the beginning. Um, yeah. And I also was able to work very closely um, with our CTO and founder. Uh, so it was instrumental in my growth that I was able to have so many really amazing, smart um, you know, just friendly resources um, that I could use that people were wanting to help me ramp up in that area. So um, as we grew, I was kind of able to hand my hats off to different people, um, which was really cool. So that I can kind of hone in on the support aspect of what I do now. Um, but yeah, it's, I think being the small aspect and learning to grow from there I think I learned more that way than I would have at a large company, like the one that I worked, contracted for.
2: And you said that you liked to do the things that other people didn't, so yeah. like puzzles. Talk yeah. to us about that. So you were in the mailroom, and yeah. then you, you're taking on these additional projects. Tell, tell us, walk us through, like, the first time you went and you asked for something else or you saw you saw like some problem that you wanted to solve
1: Yes, yeah. there was actually it was kind of funny um I was just one of my duties I guess at that company was also um making sure different rooms like conference rooms and stuff were stocked um and so I was walking around and classic me just like smiling and like bopping around and like excited, you know, to just be doing anything. (laughs) Um, I had a lot of people who worked at that company that I was contracted for who noticed that. And someone had stopped me and said, you know, I've noticed the way that you work and, you know, your demeanor and your positivity and your, you know, your, your personableness, whatever. Um, have you ever thought about working at this company in a different type of scenario where you're, t- you know, talking to customers a lot, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? I never thought about it, but that's kind of cool. Um, I guess we could do that. And so I kind of thought about it and I didn't necessarily want to go for that specific thing that uh, he had talked about, but I was like, Hey, do you think, you know, are you open to mentoring? Um, Cause I want to learn about, what you do, you know, and he at the time was a a manager for support, uh, technical support for them. So um, very knowledgeable, like at the time, 13 years of Linux knowledge and worked at a bunch of different companies. And he was just um, like, he was just like my number one mentor. Like he gave me a Dell laptop, with uh, an old version of Ubuntu on it. And he gave me a blank CD and he said, take it home and put Fedora 24 on it as an operating system just to kind of test my Linux skills. And I had never really done anything with Linux before. And so I'd never even done anything with really operating systems, like nothing. I haven't, I mean, I was like, you know, AIM and like AOL and like stuff like that back in the day. And so that was like my whole thing, but, Um, he gave me a laptop, he gave me a CD and he said, and a a DVD, like blank writable. And he's like, here, you know, put Fedora 24 on it and I'll mentor you. And so I went home that day at like 7 PM and I worked from like 7 PM until like one in the morning trying to Google my way out of this. (laughs) And I actually did. So like at 1 1 AM, I sent him a text of a screenshot of, uh, Fedora 24 on that Dell, that, on that old Dell laptop that he gave me to try it on. Um, and he was like, all right, so this is what we'll do then. And um, he kind of just laid out that Monday was going to be our office hours from 6 to 8. And throughout the week, um, we just kind of checked in with each other. And I had certain things that I uh, had to do or um, look up or research. or But there was a lot of labs um and one of the things that he was really um adamant about was hey you know you should while you're learning linux while you're learning all this networking and stuff i want you to create a blog start a website and blog about your journey for linux and learning Mm -hmm. Linux networking and stuff like that so i was like okay um unfortunately my my Jenny dot rocks domain has expired and is now taken and my get uh, it back up. Yeah I know and it was on digital one it was on digital ocean so and I didn't back up anything because of course I was like new and I was like oh yeah it's just always gonna be there. It wasn't it's not always gonna be there. So um <laughs> so I kind of lost that. But like I kind of know everything that I had on there and stuff. It was just a, a really good exercise um and it was awesome to just be able to have somebody who has that um, connection into the field and be able to ask those question questions. And when I get stuck on something, um, you know, have them, have them help me out and stuff. But um, every time I say, Oh my gosh, thank you for teaching me everything. He's always like, um, you did that yourself, but I just kind of showed you the way. So, and I've had a lot of different people kind of uh, that I've, tapped and i've been like you know hey can you i know that you're really good at this one thing can you help me out like can you show me like what you do just because i have this kind of inquisitive nature that cannot be like well, you know, yeah like i just need i need more info and um as for like the puzzles thing i'm uh super like adhd and so i need <laughs> I need stimulation, so I need something that's always gonna keep my focus. If I can just like go on autopilot for something, it's a struggle for me to maintain focus and um, do a good job. So I think that having something that's kind of ever-changing and doing something different every day, um, but kind of in that same space, like really helps um, keep my focus.
2: No that's so so important um one one of the things one, one of the things that you just said recently about having like ADHD and I don't know if you're joking about it but like just yeah, having I it, have it. <laughs> 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 having that but knowing it, that that's your superpower like yes, people it is you know the like they look at it in a negative sometimes in a negative way but like you utilize it, that's your superpower. Yeah. So you're doing the stuff that nobody else wants to do because they have to do like, you know, maybe one thing over and over again. And you're just digging and digging and digging and that curiosity and that like puzzle, you know, like putting together puzzles and things like that. That's what makes you so successful. And so willing to, you know, like, I don't know how many people would have taken that CD home at 7 p.m. and stayed up till 1 a.m. and gotten it done for the mentor to realize, okay, this woman is serious. Serious, yeah, yeah and I think like oh you have a mentor you know like oh i need a mentor what have you but they don't realize how serious one needs to be um to do this kind of stuff
3: yeah. So and that, that curiosity that, is key
2: yeah so key. I, I always say that i'm nosy
1: and like <laughs> <hotline>. <laughs> um but i i definitely uh as, as for like the 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 finding things out and like doing that and like making sure that i'm taking that time it's like I I just feel like I have this like fear of missing out. So I always feel like I have to get everything done like super quick so that we can g- just get on to the next thing and like get more stuff to do or mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I guess but yeah, I'm just nosy and I want to know everything. So
3: <laughs> And what are some of the ways that you you get that additional information? Like what are some of the ways that you feed that curiosity?
1: Yeah, um so there's a there's a there's a lot of different ways, a couple different ways that I've I've done that. Um, I've purchased books. I've been given books, um, whether that's on um, online, like eBooks or uh, physical books, which I have in, in my library. Um, I also have paid for a, a Cloud Guru subscription mm-hmm. um, annually. So that way I can um, do different courses on that. So like last year uh, when I was at Google Next, I actually got my uh, Google Cloud engineer associate uh, certificate. So Mm -hmm. I'm working on doing um, certificates for cloud. And I I also just, I've been recently thinking about going back to school, um, college because I did do a little bit of college. Um, I didn't ever finish. I don't have a degree, Um, but I am, someone who likes to learn. If it was up to me, I think I would be a professional student. If I had all the money in the world and I didn't have to work, like, I would be a professional student. I would learn like 30 languages and I would, I would have like my doctorate and like seven things. So like, I just like to learn, I'm, I'm a sponge and I just feel like, you know, knowledge is power. So it really is, it really is power. So, you know, the more you, the more you know, the more you can help people. Uh, the more you can help yourself and like you just have to kind of anything that can help you YouTube videos, books, um, articles, people, uh, you know, anything free or paid for. Just make sure you're paying for something that is going to help you that you're going to use and that you're not wasting your money on. But
2: yeah, that's a good point. You're just like a continuous learner. So everything yeah. that they that leaders ask for in cybersecurity professionals or just all professionals as a whole, it's like we want people that are gonna continue to learn and grow and dig more because you know we're always fighting. Like there's never with security, it just never stops. Yeah. So it makes perfect sense that somebody like you would be, you know, excelling and growing and, and getting even more deeper into the field because of um because of your you know innately your personality like like to your point you would be a professional student learning growing just wanting to learn more about things as a whole yeah um so that's really really cool
3: and I could see where your personality and your your positivity will help you excel especially you mentioned that you're in a support role that's critical to keep customers calm, to to help find um, middle ground. If they have to give up some and you have to give up some, having that type of personality just helps uh, make things a lot easier. And I, I can see that that, that alone is going to help take you very far um, in addition to your constant uh, curiosity.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, one of the things that I kind of live by, I guess, is, you know, being in a support role and having done, you know, retail experience in the past and um, being in the medical field for a while. Um, people, people don't necessarily care when bad stuff happens. They want to be kept in the loop, you know, and if you're good at communicating and you're good at managing expectations, That's something that will have, you know, really, really help you, especially in a role that's customer facing, like where
2: I'm at. Yeah, so it's so key feel like your your wisdom is way beyond <laughs> who you are. Like like you look yeah. like you're 12, but you sound like you're 50. And <laughs> yep. I say that with I say that pie in all positive ways. Um,
3: but I, I think the other thing is from from all those different roles that you did in the past, you, you took transferable skills that yeah. a lot of people don't even consider. You're you're interaction with people, your learning, the, your social engineering, so to say, of how yeah. best to work with people is paying off because you, you know when's the best time to, to approach a different situation um, with the best approach. So that's, that, that's something that people that have come from different fields don't always think about is how they can use their past experience to help them Get into the cybersecurity field or excel in the cybersecurity field.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it goes back to actually, it was was funny on um, Monday. I was listening to the Mondays with Dr. Dan that um, Renee was doing, and it's it's funny the way that he said it because I feel like that's actually why I do this. Is you think of yourself as the CEO of your company, and when I interviewed with the place that I work with now um, I wanted to go with them as opposed to the other company because of how I felt like I fit there and what I wanted from them, not that what they could offer me or whatever, because, you know, it was actually, they were a startup. They, you know, were not as uh, I guess flexible as, you know, other things would be with working with a large company like that. But um being able to transfer my experiences from retail, from medical, from all these other different, from sales, from all these other different things. um, The biggest lesson that I've learned is just remain humble because no matter how much you think that you know, somebody out there or lots of people know a lot more than you and um, especially being in the security field if somebody knows more than you that could be a very bad thing so (laughs) remain humble and always like try and dig into more and more things to learn from so that way you can help your customers or you can help your organization or company or yourself um, remain more secure um, in, in the cyber world so yeah. yeah. The, no, the, the thing, that was kind of how it all kind of comes together. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks,
2: yeah. Dr. I saw your comment. Yeah. Dr. Dan, he's pretty awesome. It's so funny, Chris, you weren't on, but I don't know if you watched, but um I shouted out Jenny cause she had such a good comment on, uh, on Dr. Dan's show. And I was like, Jenny's going to be with us. So here you are. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of, I know your your um, trajectory was, you know, being in a mailroom, being a receptionist. And the thing is, what what I want to point out too is, there's so many leaders that I talk to that say that they bring a lot of people who are receptionists, who are administrative assistants, who again have that knack of being able to calm people down, get things done, juggle many things. You know, especially when you're, especially if you're like a receptionist, you're sitting at a front desk and you have multiple bosses, right? It's like you like everybody is
1: <laughs> everybody's boss. Yes. You
2: know, so people Ooh. coming in the door, people, you know, like the phone ringing, the emails coming, your mm-hmm. your real, you know, your leader, your CEO or your executive or whoever asking for things and the constant juggling and reprioritizing um mm-hmm. and making sure that things don't slip and that everyone, you know, gets what they need and what have you. And that tends to really translate well into analyst roles. So I want to point that out as well, because people might be thinking, oh, I don't have a degree or I'm only an admin assistant or I'm only a receptionist and just showing Jenny's experience and how the positivity, the being there, the doing the juggling, the puzzle, you know, figuring out the different problem solver, you know, being that person that doing the stuff that nobody else wants to do, which is what Sarah talked about two days ago as well. I don't know if you got to um, listen to Sarah Moffat, she was on in the, with the leadership series saying kind of like she, she was that person too. Um, so just pointing out all those things that make you such an exceptional, the type of person that a leader is going to say Okay, I want to take this person under my wing, and then even when you did go and say, "Hey, I want to learn," and they gave you the homework, like somebody else could have taken that homework and just n- either never come back or whatever. So, just want to reiterate all that stuff. But in any in any event, you um, your first role was in, internal, which is fantastic. You said you had applied to was it two resume two companies. Yeah.
1: I, I, I put, like internally at the company that I was contracted for, and then the company that I work at now. <laughs> <laughs> and I took that
2: one. <laughs> so now, how did you? How did you know about? Like, did someone tap you on the shoulder and yeah. say, "Hey, you should apply"? Or okay, so tell me more about that. Your mentor, okay. Yeah, Once again, so
1: my mentor. <laughs> yeah, my mentor. Um, He had been pushing me probably for a a couple months at that point. And he was like, you're ready. You're ready to get out of your job as a receptionist. You're ready to, you know, enter the IT field. And you need to do it. You need to do it now. Like, otherwise, you're not going to do it. You're never going to be ready, ready. You know, you just need to do it. Just put yourself out there and see what happens. And I was like, okay. So I did. And um, I had... I had done my resume and um, I get really anxious when it comes to doing any type of paperwork. So resumes um, resumes are a struggle point for me, although I do feel like I have a strong resume, um, but the the resume was a difficult point for me because I, ha- I didn't have any experience um, into the field that I wanted to get a job in. So people would look at my resume and probably go, you know, why her or whatever. Um, so, especially with no college degree, like no, no, nothing. So people would really have to. Um, and so I had that. I had that conversation with my mentor too when um, he was telling me to put myself out there. As, you know, I said, "Hey, I. How am I supposed to? You know, all of these job wrecks say you have to have a degree. All of these job wrecks say you have to have." two to five years experience, all of this stuff has to, you know, blah, 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 blah. There's all these checkboxes that I don't match. So what am I supposed to do if there's no job out there for me? And he said something that I've been saying now to everybody. Um, if you if you go into an interview or something that they say that, and that they've called you back, even though they've looked at your resume um, and you don't meet the requirements, you um, it's your job at that point to tell them why you don't need to have them and what you bring that you don't need a degree, you have these things instead. So that's something that I really like clung on to. Cause I felt like at that point I had, you know, a, a foot in the race or so, so to say. Um, and I was able to kind of get those interviews and talk, eloquently with people um, and able to show them that I do know, you know, a lot of things just throughout my own kind of um, work and studying and stuff like that.
2: So. Um, Claudia asked a question that I was thinking about as you were saying this. (laughs) Yeah. She (laughs) said, do you ever feel like you have imposter syndrome? And if so, how do you handle it? How do you handle it? That's the yeah um, every day
1: i um i I've talked about this with multiple people um because it has been such a in 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 the big scheme of things, three years is not a long time, right so um it does feel like a very quick change. And all of a sudden it seemed like overnight my life was different. So yes, I do feel like I have imposter syndrome hardcore. Um, That the way that I deal with it is again, just kind of going back to the remaining humble. um, That's something that really helps with it because no one's perfect. And when you have this feel like imposter syndrome, it's because you don't see yourself in the way that other people see you. So what you have to do is you have to work every day in understanding how other people see you and start to see yourself as that. Um, There's a lot of kind of, uh, I guess you could say like self-esteem or opinion of yourself that you have to work to change um, because you have to ensure that you're giving yourself the benefit, benefit of the doubt. You're doing the work that you need to do and if you're doing the work that you need to do and you're doing it well and people are commending you for it it, you just kind of have to take it (laughs) take the compliments okay take take the take the good jobs um because i i know that i've struggled with that um a lot, and I see somebody says humility is definitely key, but can be hard to maintain. Absolutely, there are times. So I've been working at this working at this position now for um, almost three years. It'll be three years, actually, at the end of this month. So um, there are weeks where. I feel like I am on top of my game and I know everything and like, don't even ask me because I already know, like, there's so many things that I feel like I am, I get to that point, but then the very next day or the very next week, like I'm kicked right on my butt again and I don't know anything and I feel woefully unprepared. And like, there's just, it just kind of comes in waves where that's the thing about security because it's so big and you don't know everything nobody can know everything right i mean unless you're i don't know some wacky genius or something but um but like people people can kind of kick you into humility (laughs) (laughs) Through, through no like real it's not it's not like malicious or anything it's just um you know if you have a good idea of where you're at uh intellectually for your job um, you know, and you work with people who are smarter than you <laughs> in that area, like, there's no there's no other way but to be humble. Um, so, another thing, somebody was saying, I think it was Sarah, I missed the beginning part of it, but another thing, I think it was Sarah, it might have been somebody else, that she said, like, basically, it's like a meme that I have that I, like, love, and it's, like, resonated with me. Um, it's, like, a bunch of lions, and it says, like, surround yourself with those who have the same mission as you, and like that's something that's really important for humility too. Is like surrounding yourself with people who have the same thing and the thought process is and like the mission of what you want to do for that organization or your company or your life or whatever. Surround yourself with those people because and always go with somebody who's you know you can have people who are you know you're helping up and you're ramping up um, or they're helping you ramp up, you know, so it's always kind of like a pack mentality. And, you know, having um, having somebody kind of be on that same mission, but at different levels, it, it keeps you humble um, as well. It's so,
2: it's so important. I mean, Sarah talked about it, to your point, um, it's just so so important to have that that like you said pack mentality sometimes you're in the front sometimes you're in the back sometimes you're in the middle but you know you're always constantly learning and growing from each other Uh, one point i wanted to make when you talked about the resume because that's something that comes up so often you know when you're transitioning right and you have you know you're a receptionist you had all these other different roles you did retail you did all these things and yes Somebody like your resume shows up across somebody like my desk, or you know, some hiring manager. They're gonna be like, "This is a mistake. Like, how did this person fall in here?" Yeah. Um, and one of the keys that I tell people all the time, I mean, it's fantastic. You had mentors to be able to, you know, push you and make sure people knew you for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably because you had that blog out there too, people were able to go and Google you and find out, like, "Whoa, this isn't just some random receptionist. Like, this lady is." <laughs> like this lady is like you know she's in a she's a, a she's in doing linux she's doing all these different things like this is not this is not you know this is the person here on the blog um one of the things i would tell people to do is a do exactly like what your mentor said and get that blog and b um or YouTube channel or however you want to do it, like whatever is most comfortable for that person. You know, right now, some people are great writers. Some people are great, um, are are more, they like the video, um, or they'll teach what they learn because that makes them, you know, retain. That's what Ron Edding said at, on last week's um, blog with the podcast mashup. Um, but what I would tell people is, if you're out there and this is where you are and either you're brand new to security or whatever, Everything that Jenny did, I would take that and turn that into a project section on my resume. So all the stuff that you were doing outside of your day job, so to speak, right? You take that information, you take everything that your mentor gave you, all those projects that you worked on that he said, hey, you're ready now. Those projects are your experience. Yeah. And you can put that in your resume, create a project section, I call it, especially if I'm talking to, like, interns and things like that, I say, create a section and and call it projects, cybersecurity projects, you know, all of the things that you're doing on the side that you're doing that's not a part of your day job at working at Target or whatever, the stuff that's going to get you looked at are these projects that you're working on. So create that project section on your resume. That really is your resume. It's not not the stuff that you did before because people are not going to be able to translate that. Yeah um. So some questions are coming up, and tons and tons of comments. I mean, people are loving everything you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shout out some people just because I love doing this, because we have some folks that come back over and over and over again. So Ozzy is recent, she said this is the first time she's actually getting to watch it live. I hope I'm pronou- pronouncing that correctly, Ozzy and not Ozzy. Nadia Pinto is a recent grad in cybersecurity. She's here. Thank you for joining joining us. Charles Karanj is back again. We love Charles, and he made a really good comment that I'm going to put up in a second second. George obi Azubuke, you guys got to make sure that I'm pronouncing your names right. Um, Tyrone is back. Sabu has a question probably for Chris to answer. Is penetration testing an entry-level role?
3: I would say probably not. Um, my two cents is that in order to be an effective penetration tester, you need to know how to find the vulnerabilities, how to highlight what their impact is and what mitigations you need in order to fix them. So that's not an entry level role per se.
2: Yep. Um, Charles says, I keep coming back to listen to these stories because they stoke a fire within. Listening to you, Jenny, today has been inspiring and very refreshing. Nothing is impossible. So true. This is a man that like submitted two hundred resumes to get his first job. So he gets it. Like nothing is impossible. Um, it's just awesome. And he's right. I'm totally impressed. Oh my God. Okay. So Nadia says, what advice do you give to a recent grad on cybersecurity who doesn't have a lot of experience? So pretty much what I just said. (laughs) Jenny, you want to add anything else?
1: (laughs) I mean, like just, just definitely, um, just because you graduated doesn't mean that you're done. So keep, keep, keep learning all the time. And, um, same thing, kind of going back to I don't have a degree, so I don't have that piece of paper that says, hey, she knows things. Um, Definitely, even if like you have that, when you go into interviews or when you submit letters or, uh, you know, cover letters or resumes or anything like really put your personal stamp on it. Really say like, you know, this is me and this is what you're going to be getting, you know, and this is why I want this. And this is why maybe I don't meet A, B or C, but I meet D and F you don't need A, B and C with me because I got X, Y, Z. So, and that's better. Right. So that's, like, I guess, just know what you have and market that and sell that because nobody is perfect and nobody's going to fit into a little box. You know um, I know a lot of the things that I've recently um, done and like i I conduct interviews at my company. now. I just actually did one this morning and um, some of the biggest things that I personally kind of do like, I guess, interview grading or whatever on, um, is culture fit. Um, if you're a positive person, if you're a team player, um, and like a truly team player, not just play one on TV, um, like you really need to be, uh, you know, helpful and like want wanting help, wanting to learn, but also wanting to help other people too.
2: Yeah, you bring up a really, really valid point. Yeah, you're spot on when it comes to culture fit too, because that's one of the areas that people tend to struggle with um, and they don't fully understand, a lot of people don't fully understand what that means. And you really have to, you wanna make sure that you align yourself to the culture of a company. And that comes from being interviewed and interviewing them and researching the company because everyone's not gonna fit everywhere. And it's good to know like where you really fit in. So Jenny, you were you know you you knew you wanted to be in a smaller environment initially, you know, and get that that um, jump in and do different things. Another person, a small environment might not work for them. They may need they may want to like go really really deep in one one area, be a specialist, that's all you do day in and day out, because for that period of time, you want to be deep in that space. A yeah. small company probably won't be the right fit. Yeah. Um, you know, you probably want to have a large company, larger company where it's more siloed, you can get that, you know, continuous, constant learning in that one area. Um, and so even within companies, there's cultures within groups, you know, but overall, really understanding that culture and trying to understand it. And it's tougher when you're trying to break in, because when you're trying to break in, you just want experience somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but for the folks that are, are, you know, further along in their career, that comes up, like the culture fit piece, and it really you got to know which is the best fit for you. Are you one of these people that, you know, I want to be behind the scenes. I just want to do this one thing, do it really, really well. When you come, you know, you come to me for this one particular problem, I am the fix-it person in these, you know, (laughs) handful of areas versus, oh, I want to be broad. I want to learn more. I would like to jump into this project or that project and just lend myself and help and experience and things like that. So it's key. And some, like I said, some of the things you're bringing up, I mean, it's just so, so wise. Um, Nadia wants to know, Uh, what advice? Oh, sorry, I put that out here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Nadia. (laughs) I thought we talked about that already. That I can say about that though is is actually something that you just touched on, Renee. Do your research for the company that you're trying to get a job at, do your research because the more knowledge that you know about that company. I know for me, I'm like, when, when I say, Oh, you know why this company, when I'm interviewing people and they tell me like, Oh, it's because A, B and C and you know, this is what I want to do. And I love that you guys do this. And I love that you have this. And it's like, Oh, so you did your research. You're not just coming in and you were not one of, you know uh, you know, 700 different places that you just submitted to. And you, we just happened to be the one that called back, you know, or emailed back. Like, you want to work here, you've done your due, due diligence in researching why, you know, you want to fit in with our culture here. So that's kind of, I don't know, for me because of the, maybe it's because I am like small culture, like small startup thing that I really focus a lot on, a lot, a lot on that. Um, but another thing is is uh, Nadia, try and, try and do uh, some startup spaces. Um, I know that the, I interviewed with my then, at the time, uh, CEO and co-founder, the CTO and co-founder and the COO, who was like the third or fourth person hired from that company. So um, it was a very uh, intimidating kind of panel, but they didn't make it intimidating because they were very like chill. And um, one of the things that they did was they took a chance on me. And uh, another person who got hired very shortly after me um, was a developer who had just gone through boot camp, Python boot camp. So, and she didn't have any experience really either, but she just did that boot camp, similar to what you have for your, um, you know, you, your graduation. Um, people in a smaller space are more apt to take a chance on you uh, because it's more frugal for them, um, and it also. It, it helps you learn, honestly, um, and it kind of helps you dig into what your role could be other places, but um, just starting kind of small and working your way up.
2: That's such a, such a valid point because I'm working with some interns right now. Two things that you touched on. The first was around making sure that um, you research the company. And I was coaching some interns yesterday and I said, and they're going for a big company. So you said it about the small companies, Jenny, the big companies I asked that same question, why us? And so I was trying to explain to them, hey, you know not just because this is company name x or whatever like you really want to go into the careers page look at what's happening in the news with this company you know seeing something that aligns to something that you're passionate about and one of the young ladies i was talking to yesterday the company that we were working with, they were doing this great thing with um, Girl Scouts. And I was like, boom, this is, you, you know, like they're doing this, you know, their technical, technical company doing this work with Girl Scouts. She's huge. Like she got these awards and she works with Girl Scouts and what have you. I'm like, <laughs> like You know, so I'm just explaining to them, you know, you just don't want to just be surface, right? Like, oh, I want to work for McDonald's because I like burgers. Like, no, <laughs> this is the reason why, you know, some of the work that they're doing, things that are more, um, you know, they point Jenny as an interviewer, you're like, oh, this person didn't just show up here. They did some research on the company and they know at least one reason why they really want to work here. Um. Then you talked about a startup environment, another space that I've played in a ton um, with hiring talent. And last summer, um, or last spring, right around last year, this time I was working with this company, small startup. Um, and yes, they took chances on people. They 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 pretty much only had the kind of budget that you could get a, a college grad from. So to your point, you know, having that business hat on, Jenny, talking about them being frugal. Yeah. When you're a startup and you have literally are trying to, you know, do more with less, they will look for a college grad. They're like, we want college grads. We can't pay somebody $200,000. We have like 80K, 60K, you know, like, would you take that? And college grads with no experience will say yes. (laughs) So
1: so you make such valid points. When you start out small too, and if, if it is a really good like growing company, when you start out small like that, like they'll, they'll, they'll see that because it's very apparent. There's no hiding from not doing your job in a small company like that. Um, so they'll see that and then they'll be able to you know, raise you up as you go um, throughout time and through your reviews and stuff.
2: So that could also be helpful. Yeah, it's a launch pad. So yeah. Jenny, we've been on for 45 minutes. We have two yeah. quick questions. Awesome. I know. I I mean, your advice is so valid. And I really, really appreciate having you on here. I'm glad Chris yeah. was Chris Chris's. He's like the real MVP because he always brings on the awesome people. Bringing you on is like it really takes us back to where we really started this podcast. We wanted to hear from people doing it right now. We want your experience. We want your, you know, we want to hear directly from you. And because you've been in the field for three years, you have no degree yet. Go get your degree. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so you have no degree yet. But again, experience, I mean, I hate to say, it's, it's, it's horrible to say, but people want experience And a degree is a foundation. It's a definitely, I'm not telling anybody to not go get a degree, but a degree is a foundation. You have to do it in parallel with the experience. And hopefully your de- degree programs are providing those experiences for you. So Severish says cybersecurity de- degree versus certifications, which one should I go for? Will certs increase my salary? And what's the advantage for a guy who has a degree versus one who does not? Um, I will quickly answer this and then you guys can both chime in. Um, most large companies will only look at people who have degrees. Um, if you do not have a degree, it tends to get very, very tricky because they'll hire like there's all these other people, especially when you don't really have experience. I mean, when you have tons and tons of experience and you've been out for 20 years, it's a little bit of a different um, scenario. And even still, I've had people who have struggled to get the roles that they want because the company will say all the other executives have a master's and a bachelor's or whatever bringing you in is just like a challenge. Um, So I'm a firm believer in getting the degree, I I say get it all, get the degree, get the certs, try to get the cheapest degree, you know, like you don't, it doesn't have to be a $50,000 degree or $30,000 degree, you have company, you know, organizations like Western Governors, which I think their bachelor's is like 30 something hundred, which is probably a couple of certs. And I believe you get some certs with that master Mm -hmm. with their undergrad. So check them out, um, because you can get the certs as you're going through the program, which is huge. Um, Jenny that might be a good place for you too um, <laughs> anybody anybody else western governors you want to make us <laughs> partner with us over here but yeah um, I'm looking good. at the degree program right I'm looking at the degree program as well because you know it's 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 um, affordable and you get certifications while you go through the process um do you guys want to add anything?
3: I would just say yeah, that that's exactly right. Um certifications tend to focus on technical knowledge, whereas most degrees focus on theoretical knowledge, they both have their advantages. So um consider them both.
2: Yeah. yeah. And then um, Claudia makes a really good point too. Depending on the role, she says sometimes having an advanced degree can hurt you. I've had to modify my med- my resume so I don't speak of my doctoral studies in some applications. And she's right. If you're coming in for something relatively junior, they're automatically the hat. This you know the thought process is why is somebody with a PhD trying to apply for my entry level sock job? this person wants my, you know, they don't really want this job, even though that might not be the case, that could potentially come off when the degree is not aligned to the role. So um, she is absolutely right. And Tyrone says, get a degree in getting an associate's works as well, which is fantastic, too, because so practical. So Mm -hmm. starting with the associates, although most companies, they they don't consider an associate. Like they look for but the large companies, not the small ones. The large ones are looking for a bachelor's. That's the only thing. Yeah. Any final words of wisdom? I know, Chris, you can ask your final question because we both all have to run. We didn't expect to be what? on with Jenny for so long, but she's so good. <laughs> Jenny, you got to get that blog back up. I no, want to yeah. ask you about the shirt. <laughs> I want to know what change means on the shirt. But um, oh, Chris, you got it.
3: Um, no, go yeah. ahead. Answer the change.
1: Um. Current life situations in the world today. We all need some change, right? So Amen. <laughs> I, mean, I I just put it on because I was cold because I turned my air on. But this is this is like. I just bought this sweatshirt the other like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And yeah, I mean, I just now I wear it all the time because I'm like, it's just a good message for the world yeah. today.
2: 100%. Love it.
3: Well, I think that's a great way to end it. I, I strive for the change that you want to be in the world.
2: Yes. That's it. That's it, period. Well, thank you so much, Jenny. You have to come back with us. We uh, really, really enjoyed this. We did not expect to be here for almost 50 minutes. So. <laughs> 51 minutes so here we are and yes. everyone else we will see you tomorrow in our breaking linkedin on breaking into cybersecurity to match up with us in hacker valley studio so thanks again jenny take care and you got to come back and see us next year You yes. know you're going to be like a CISO in no time
3: <laughs> and quick shout out to amz for introducing us to jenny no,
2: thank you AMZ. yes AMZ. <laughs> everyone's like yeah right (laughs) if you know you know (laughs) awesome
1: thank you thank you guys have a good day